Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. Good evening. So, as you guys might know, my name is Lauren. Um, and Celebrate Sunday, as you know, is the first Sunday of um, every month. And it's really a place where we just want to thank God for what. Yeah, what he has done, and just make his name big, and it's open for, for anyone that has a testimony. Um, we want you guys to approach us. We want you to feel free to come and just say, Lauren, I have something I need to share. Um, often, you know, Nadia shared and a few others, um, testifying sometimes actually declares the end of a, a season and starts a new season. Um, it's a place of imparting the things that God has done in your life. And so sometimes you'll need to come and just testify, just to publicly declare what God has done. And, and so come share with us. Come talk to us. We're open. Um, so yeah, so Stefan come, came to me and he's like, um, so I've been battered 10 times. <laughs> no, he didn't say 10. He said a few times um, for, for the testimonies. And, um, and I was like, well, I, don't, I think that's God. <laughs> you know, I think there's, there's a reason why. And, um, and I said, I, I'd really like to share. You know, and I was like, oh, am I stealing someone else's spot? Because I normally preach. And anyway, no, not 40 minutes. No, 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not preaching. I'm just testifying. <laughs> um, Jim, I've asked Anas to help me with the timer. Um, so I just want to share my, my testimony is actually on behalf of Stefan. Um, but yeah, I... So as a lot of you will know, I grew up um, without a dad, um, grew up without um, brothers. I didn't have many men in my life. It was, we were three Charlie's angels, my sister, my mom, and myself. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then throughout my 20s, I, I got saved when I was 19. And when I was 20, um, these guys would come, not many guys, I'd say about three or four, but in the space of 10 years. Um, but when they would come and spend time with me and I'd like this guy, God would often show me what they called for. Like I would have this glimpse and, and then I could pray into it, you know, and I'd just pray and I'm like, am I praying from a pure heart because I want this guy or am I just blessing him? I don't know, but anyway, you know, and then I'd pray and then after two months, I'd, you know, the guy would go, oh, thanks for the friendship and he'd move on and three of the four times they got married. So I sort of passed them on to their wives. Um, <laughs> And prayed into them, you know. And so I always had this idea of ministry, and I was called for ministry. And so I often was attracted to the pastor type, you know, the guy that was called for full-time ministry. Um, and, then, and then I, to be honest with you, I, I got a little bit hurt. You know, I, I, the, the things that I'd seen around ministry or the things that possibly the hurts from my past... Um, made me turn my heart hard <laughs> towards, I was like, I could be in full-time ministry, I can do that, but my husband not, you know, he, because he needs, I need all his attention, I need him to focus on me and not be shared with everyone else, I'm being very honest, and, um, and then when Stefan came along, I, I didn't know what he was called for, I didn't, I had no idea, I just loved the character, I loved that he loved Jesus, I loved the way he led our relationship, um, we, had, we laughed. I remember the one day the tortoises at Deloitte were mating, and we just started laughing <laughs> over lunch for about half an hour nonstop. It was quite funny. But anyway, so we could just laugh about silly things together. And, um, 
yeah, and then, and then we got engaged, and I still sort of didn't really know. And I, it was about three months before we got married, and I just saw this picture which indicated he was called for business in this vision. So I was like, yes, okay, that can, that's good. You know, we can do that. I'll do ministry. He does business. And, um, and then, yeah, and then sort of life carried, we carried on and we did our things involved in ministry here and there. And, um, and then he started at BTS, the company's for at the moment, and um, they'd sort of promised him a promotion from the beginning. Um, and at the time where he was supposed to be promoted, he was like, well, I'm going to be promoted in about two, three year, months' time. So he was really, like, pushing for this promotion, and he was working really hard, and he was striving quite a lot. And he shared this with, some, with, with you guys, but it was just not Stefan. Like, Stefan is... Stefan's gentle. He works hard, but he doesn't... He, takes, he carries responsibility quite sort of easily, if I should say. And um, his directors were saying he's going to be promoted and everything was great. And, and then the head of the area decided for him not to be promoted. But it didn't sort of make sense. It was like, okay. Um, and, and God started working in his heart, you know, and started um, just showing him principles around this and... Yeah, and just teaching him things about how promotion works and what does it look like to work from a place of rest, you know? What does it look like to focus on the kingdom, you know? Focus on, on what is God, what, what does obedience to him look like versus what should be done, you know? Anyway, and then Henny approached us with um, the Santon Church and, yeah, and I, yeah, fear just gripped my heart. <laughs> and mainly because... You know, I was going to now, I didn't have this father growing up. I didn't have this male figure, and now I had him, and it was just, he was mine, you know, and we could do things together, and he could work and be a father and a husband, and, and that was good enough, you know. So planting a church didn't really fit my picture, <laughs> and, and I was just saying no, 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 um, but God kept on showing me, you know, you're going to plant the church in the context of community. You know, it's not going to be your effort. Like, he's going to build the church. Um, Jesus is going to build the church, and he's going to do it if we stay in a place of rest. You know, if we stay in a place of just seeking him first. And, and it, it was actually so my desire to plant a church. It's so, but it was, you know, that thing of you don't want to acknowledge it because possibly you've hurt, been hurt in the past, so you don't want to say yes to something now. Or it's going to require more of you. Anyway, and one night God just came and he, and he just addressed every single fear that I had. Um, you know, one of them was, what if Stefan has to go preach and now I have to be alone, bathing both kids, Caleb, you know, I was pregnant at the time when Henny approached us and God said, I will bring you women to come alongside you, you know, and even tonight Stefan had to leave at quarter past four and at half past four I phoned time and I'm like, I'm not coping, <laughs> the house is a mess, the kids need to be bathed, I haven't packed their food and she was there within 15 minutes and um, she's just come to serve. You know, there's certain people, that, certain girls that have just stepped up, you know, and just come, and they don't require anything of me. They just wash my dishes and feed my kids and, you know, help me. And that was one of my fears, and God just came to provide, you know, in that space. And, um, yeah, and then, um, so then we said yes, and it was just, you know, I just, it was just before that I, I, I um, Stefan and I were praying, 
And I saw this vision of him and I in a castle, and we, were drink- we love drinking tea. He comes home at five, and then we make some tea, and then we drink tea. And um, yeah, and I, I just knew he needed to go out. He needed to go fight the battle. He needed to, and I felt God saying, I want to promote Stefan <laughs> in the workplace and in, in, in the spiritual journey, but you are actually the one that's holding him back. And I was like, until you are willing to release him, I cannot promote him, you know. I, and I realized that, I was like, sure, God, that's so hectic because imagine he gets promoted, he does the pastoring thing, but I'm constantly making him feel guilty or I'm constantly holding him back or I need to be a woman that can say go, you know, be free. But it was not easy because of this fear of abandonment from my past, fear of, you know, these this image that I had of a man. And I just said, God, I release him. And I release him um, to whatever you've called him for. I know it's going to mean a sacrifice, but, but yeah, I just release him. And, um, yeah, and then we started the church, and it's been hectic. You know, it's been um, busy, but there's been so much grace. You know, Caleb sleeps so well at night. Um, you know, there's, it's, not, it's not hard. Like, that's a massive thing. <laughs> um, it's a testimony. It's not, it's not something that I'm doing right. It's not something that, it's just a gift for now. You know, it's a gift for this time. Um, and at times we have just said to Stefan, I'm struggling. I need to connect with you. Then he's taken the day of work and he's just organized babysitters, you know, that the two of us can just spend the day together. Um, anyway, and so what I really just want to share is that Stefan has approached saying yes to planting the church and say, approached his work with hard work, but from a place of rest, knowing God promotes. And, um, yeah, and this week he got promoted to director, um, yeah, on Wednesday. (laughs) I don't know where he is. Um, But I just want to give God all the glory, you know, because it's such a massive role. Um, You know, there's only five directors in the company, and it's, I mean, it's about 25, 30 people, but God has just said, I will give to you. You know, if you seek first the kingdom, if you serve, if you, if you don't focus so much on what you think you need, or, and he did that last year and it didn't work. <laughs> um, but this year he just approached it with rest. And so I just want to give God the glory. And I, yeah, I just want to say that he's been so faithful. Like he's just been so faithful um, to give. Um, and, and I was like, I can't share this. Like, am I boasting? And am I, and I was like, no, because God did it. God was the one that promoted. Um, yeah, and so that's my testimony, and I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful <laughs> to God. Okay, Sine. <laughs> okay, so before I go into a testimony, there's two things that I promised myself I would say. The very first one is... Um, that I'm trying to condense about three years of my life into 10 minutes. <laughs> it's very difficult. But I really want to, as Lauren said, if, um, yeah, if anybody like, wants to hear more after tonight, if something resonates with you, please come and speak to me because I'd love to share more in detail with you. And then the, very, the second thing is that not everybody, but in front of me in this room is sitting quite a few faces that has made it possible for me to get through these last three years. And um, I messaged a lot of you, and I said to you, please come and hear what God has done, because 
um, I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. So I just want to say thank you to the guys who did come and made the effort and who is here. So I'm standing before you guys tonight. I can't stop crying yet. <laughs> and my heart is so whole. And I know it doesn't look like it, but I have so much joy. <laughs> so much joy. <laughs> and um, for you to actually understand what a miracle it is, what I'm saying, I'm just going to share a little bit about the journey that took me <laughs> to this place. Um, just over a year ago, <laughs> thank you. I can't cry the whole time, I'll never finish. Just over a year ago, my father passed away. Um, and what came with that, it took me a while to realize, was it wasn't only the loss of my father, it was a loss of and death to a lot of my dreams. Um, leading up to that time, the Lord had really spoken to me about so many things that he wanted to establish. And it started in about 2014, and a lot of things started changing. It was like, okay, Sunei, prepare for change in Korea. Sunei, prepare for change in this. Sunei, prepare for change in that. 2014 was also the first time that a doctor actually said to us, We've, most likely there's not much we can do. We, can, we don't know what's wrong, so there's not much we can do for him. Um, so it was a shift in literally every area of my life. And I, um, I left my job <laughs> very secure, and I wanted to start all these new things, and I had lots of ideas, and my father was encouraging of that. And um, one of my greatest heart's desires was that my father would see me get married. So it was a thing that I lay before the Lord, and I said, Lord, look, I don't know how this plays out, but please can I just, can I have this? Can I please just, I would love to just have him walk me down the aisle. And um, none of those things worked out. So when my father died, it wasn't only my father who died, it was these dreams and these ideas that I had um, that had to die because there was no way that they could be resurrected in any way. And um, during that time, be it from stress, be it from whatever, I also started struggling with my health quite a lot. Um, a lot of body pain, um, consistent just inflammation in my body. And obviously it is linked to stress, so as the stress flares up, it would just get so bad that some days I wouldn't be able to get up. And after my father passed away, I kind of hit this low, but there was also this weird feeling inside of me that, okay, so <laughs> it's all dead. Maybe it'll start to turn around. But I, I'm in all honesty telling you that was the furthest thing from the truth. Um, my health got worse, and our family scattered, literally scattered. I, we had no idea how to relate to each other without God. Oh, sorry, without my dad. Without God's also a good one, though. <laughs> and, um, and nothing seemed to come together. Really, really nothing seemed to get together. And um, 
I was so disillusioned. I was so disillusioned because people have been talking about change and new seasons for so long. I stopped listening. I really stopped listening. Um, and in August this year, it was my birthday. It was a week before my, two weeks before my, no, a week, a week before my father passed away. And I don't think I've ever in my life been less excited about a birthday. And uh, I woke up this mor- that morning and for some reason there was just something in my spirit. There was an excitement in my spirit. There was nothing that I did. There was just an excitement in my spirit. And I just felt I needed to go and sit down and I needed to go and write down what, what God is saying to me. And he just started saying to me that this is a significant year for you. This is a year of breakthrough for you. I have a heart for you to be whole, to be healed, to be healthy. And I'm not talking, he was specifically not speaking about my physical health. I just want to clarify that. I know he's got a heart for physical health. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm saying he was not speaking to me about that. And uh, I wrote it all down, and everybody around me just surprised me that this year with word from everywhere. I got even a message from a friend in Cape Town. Um, some friends just put that together, and, and it just encouraged me so much. But I'm not going to lie, about 24 hours later, it was pretty much all gone. The excitement was gone. The, the idea of whatever this is going to be is gone. But the one thing that I did continue to do in this is I just said, okay, Lord, if you want to bring this about, I have, it, it's beyond my comprehension. It's so broken right now that it is completely beyond my comprehension. So you'll have to do it. I have nothing. I can't bring anything to you. I can't, I can't give anything to you to make this happen. You'll have to do this. And um, slowly but surely, as I just spent time with the Lord, just started shifting, just started shifting, just started shifting. It wasn't this massive moment. I just started enjoying (laughs) his presence. I just started enjoying the things that I was doing. I just started going to do things that I haven't had a desire to do in such a long time. I was able to move and exercise a bit more than I was able to a month or two before, and it just started slowly, slowly going and changing. And um, I was having quiet time about a month or two ago, and I was just sitting worshiping, and I, I just had a moment with the Lord. I just said to him, Lord, this, I get it. I get life in abundance for the first time in my whole life, and nothing has changed. But I know you, and I know you so intimately that I can declare that I have life in abundance because I have you. Nothing has changed outside. And um, this joy just filled up from the bottom and it just flowed out onto everybody. Into I just I cannot contain it. I'm just silly and I'm laughing and I'm just loving Every minute of every day, and guys, nothing has changed. I'm still in pain. And I know that will come. I know the natural breakthroughs will come, but I just want to emphasize that this is not because God did something on the outside. He did it on the inside. And it was just a final little sort of sealing off for me. Um, Just after my father passed away, dear friends of mine, 
Cooney and Sunal, a lot of you will know them. They said, just guys, just get away. We've got a house. Just go. And there was, oh, I was dead. When I went there, I was dead. I was completely dead on every level. And I went back this year. Sunal just moved there. And I went back there this year. And I, it was just like 180. It was laughter. It was joy. It was running. It was playing. It's a completely, completely, completely different person. And, oh, I just, I thank God so much for doing that in my heart. And I thank you guys who have cried with me and prayed with me and laughed with me and supported me through everything because I couldn't have done it without you. Don't really know how to follow that. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Talk about being filled up. So the the ushers can, um, yeah. My, my sermon is just going to be out forty minutes, and then we'll. <laughs> no. um, the ushers can hand out the the elements of the communion. Um, I'll just say something for five minutes while 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 they take up the while they, they hand out the elements of the communion. Um, um, for those of you, of you who are visiting us, uh, this is not our normal service structure. Um, it is a bit different on the first Sundays. Next, come, come back next week, there'll be a long sermon and all of that. Yeah, I had a couple of things that I, I was going to share out of my journal. Does that, is that safe or should I? Um, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to encourage us. I think a lot of what's come up tonight is, is around resting in God. Um, it's about being filled with that abundant life that is not external. Um, like Sunay shared, um, and w- just walking in, in communion with God and enjoying His presence and, and everything we do, the work that we do, the family time we spend, everything coming from that place. Um, I have an incredible expectation for next year. Um, now I know most of you are, the way that you are feeling at this stage, you're like, can we please not talk about next year? Can we just get to December? And um, But the fact is, next year is going to be an amazing year, and um, I want to encourage all of us this holiday, um, maybe you're going away, maybe you're not, maybe you're taking four weeks, maybe you're taking three days, um, I want to encourage you to really go sit at the Lord's feet uh, during this time. Um, I, I believe that God wants to speak to each of us about next year, um, and if we, if we don't do that, we run the risk of entering into next year and just responding to whatever is happening to us. Um, but I really feel like God is wanting to encourage us and to speak to us and give us specific words about seasons, about decisions that we need to make. Um, and a lot of that is going to happen during this time if we set that time aside and if we intentionally seek Him for that. There's so many scriptures about God speaking to us and the, and the impact that has in our, in our lives. A couple that have really meant a lot to me is Isaiah 30 verse 21, which says, You will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. And um, that's powerful, right? Like you, that's a, that's a promise that God is extending to us. You, you will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. Um, and I think in the, in the big decisions that are coming up for next year, um, life's decisions, where we live, who we're going to marry, like what, what, which part of our talents and gifts God wants from us for next year, 
where to serve in church, are we going to change jobs, um, a lot of big decisions, um, but there's a promise if we incline our ear, it says you will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way, walk in it. Um, many of us have experienced that voice, I've experienced that voice both in, in, in the sense of asking me to do things and asking me not to do things. Um, so in terms of heading up the plant of our Sandon congregation, I specifically felt, even though practically it felt like it was the worst time for that, um, just being a busy time at work and having a second baby, and God just said, no, this is what I want for you. And looking back, I thought I was doing God a favor, but looking back now, I actually needed that. Um, and that's just His sovereignty in terms of how He cares for us. But I've also had moments where He said to me, I don't want you to serve in the worship team uh, this year. I don't want you to go on missions this year. Um, I don't want you to... I remember Lauren and I were... Lauren was going to hand in her resignation November of 2013 at Deloitte when we were engaged. And um, I was just driving on, on her, to her from, from work. And um, I just had this uneasy feeling. And I got there and I was just like... Did I have too much coffee again, <laughs> you know, or what's going on? And, um, and then I just said, let's just pray. And, and we just prayed together, and God just, God just showed me that Lauren mustn't resign. Um, and she was so excited about resigning, and I was like, Lord, can you not tell her directly, you know? <laughs> and uh, and um, in hindsight, we could also have seen how, how that was just... A much better decision, you know, obviously coming from God, but we were making decisions based on just practicalities, and, and that's fine, you know. Oftentimes um, we operate like that, and there's grace for that, and God gives us the authority to make those decisions, but to be open for His guidance in that. He says in Jeremiah 29, verse 14, You will seek me and find me if you seek me with all your heart. So clearly God speaks, and, and there's this promise of His voice, but I think often some of us feel, you know, and, and I experience this at times that. Don't hear God. Don't know what he's saying. You know, I want to. I have that desire, but it's just not happening for me. I'm not sure, you know. It could be this, but it, it could also be that. can't be both. And so we try to figure it out, but we were talking about... Uh, God just reminded me of, of that, that widow in uh, Two Kings. Um, I know you all know exactly which widow I'm talking about. So, so I'll, just, uh, I'll just read the scripture real quick. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? She said, Your servant has nothing there at all, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. And um, what struck me about the scripture is that there was enough oil for however many jars she got together. Um, but as soon as the jars ran out, the oil stopped running. And for me, what I'm challenged going into this holiday is like, how many jars am I going to gather for God? 
to come and fill in this holiday. Because whatever we fill those jars in with this holiday is going to be what it's full of next year when you start the year. Don't get me wrong, I'm going to body surf as much as I can and I'm going to lie on the beach and, you know, commit gluttony and all of that. Um, <laughs> but that's not what's going to sustain me next year. I'm going to enjoy it. But um, I feel like the Lord is asking, what is your expectation? Will you come and sit at my feet and intentionally incline your ear to hear what I want to say to you about next year so that you can follow me in faith? Um, scripture says in James 4 verse 8, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. It says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, anyone who, who comes to him must believe that he is and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. It's another promise. He rewards those who diligently seek him. I love Psalm 73. It's encouraged me so many times where I believe it's David who wrote it. I'm not sure. But he says, um, he's just, you know, he's so like, depressed because the wicked are just flourishing and it seems like it's just going well but they're dishonoring God but it doesn't seem like there are any consequences and he says I didn't understand all of this until I entered the sanctuary of God then I understood and so it's an invitation to enter into the sanctuary of God this this holiday to come and sit by his feet to hear from him and to to proactively approach next year knowing what he's saying so as we, as we take the, the elements, um, we're celebrating what Jesus had done and, and the fact that we can actually hear his voice, which wasn't always the case. Hebrews 1 starts in an amazing way. It says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. So it used to be that we had to hear from other people what God is saying. But now, under the new covenant, because Jesus' blood was shed on the cross, he speaks to us directly, and we can all hear his voice. He himself said that, my sheep hear my voice. So let's, uh, let's go with that expectation into this holiday as well. We're here next week, so come next week if you're here. But I won't be talking, so I just need to get my two cents, you know. But yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's have an expectation to hear from God and to be filled up by him this holiday um, and to approach next year with an excitement and a sense of, We've been prepared by what's on his heart. All right. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.